0: What does blended and personalized learning mean to you?
1: Okay. All right. Can I? Can we stop at that one for a second? If you want. Um, I think your prior questions uh-huh. are some of the answers that I would say to to this one. What's needed for that? Okay. And are the essential components of what? Adult learners and students need to have is their experience. So nice. thinking about engagement and can you scoot over this way? Sure. I just want to
0: be able to see it a little bit better. Sure. Is that okay. Yeah. All right. All right.
1: So thinking about engagement and um, collaboration as components of what I would want to experience, or what I want learners to experience, um, or or what hope they would experience. Um, it's just that's a, a component part of blended and personalized learning to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. um, and how that needs to look, I think, is really intentional around
0: um, finding out what people need. And how do you find out what people need?
1: I ask them.
0: You ask them. <laughs> it's a sort <of> novel idea. <laughs> how do you ask them? Like, what are you asking when you are trying to? Because a lot of people say, you know, people know what they need. We need to sort of
1: draw that out of them. What are you asking when you are saying, you know? We've explored a lot, in in two years about trying to really listen deeply to our facilitators mostly. Um, for their own adult professional learning, that's what's servicing first. Um, structures, processes, content um, have largely been um, like the, the scope of our questions um, and thinking about also using other tools to help us besides yeah. what we're, what what we've designed, we also know of things within our field, so I'm thinking specifically about our um, uh, professional development um, inventory system or information system sure. for teachers that they've done some of their own surveying um, within that system to find out do we really need to know more about social-emotional development or my, you know, that's a curiosity for me. And so how are we combining what they're learning in different places mm-hmm. and with what we're asking is the challenge that's in front of us. And making those connections mm-hmm. for you. And what we've learned the most going
0: into this year is choice is critically important. What kinds of choices do you feel like are most important for teachers?
1: Uh, engaging content things they're interested in things they can apply they have a deep deep dedication Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. wanting to engage children the best that they can and they they feel like there's they're ready to wrestle with those questions i guess and they feel like now give me the opportunity to engage in some content that I can then apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so also connected, um, I don't know if that was in one of the prior slides, but um, it never anything in isolation. Right? Like they want to connect it to, uh-huh, um, not only each other, but the work. So if I'm working in blocks, say if I have a deep desire to learn more about how to engage students with math content through block play yep. early yep. learning um, how is that all connected in the lessons i might plan and who else is interested in exploring that topic with me um, so that i can maybe learn and ask questions of my peers that are grappling with the same thing
0: mm.
1: um, and then we can try things out and come back and check in with each other right
0: so how do you get teachers to collaborate on that level do you have to set up structures for that to happen what do you need to do in order to allow for those those you know strong conversations about block play to to sort of start to happen
1: i think we used to think that way i know i used to think that way that yeah it had to be every other thursday and you know blah 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 (laughs) i don't feel that way anymore and i why not um
0: what has changed that for you
1: the way we use time, the way time uses us, and how we get snippets of information that can be really impactful and valuable in two minutes, and we didn't used to have that as a form of what we, what I grew up with, say, mm-hmm. or even in the first 20 years of my teaching career. You watched a 30-minute video, and maybe that was a novel, a new idea, because The National Institute for Young Children said, Here's this great 30-minute video on Black Play, and it was 30 minutes. Now I might be able to link to an article or a quick two-minute video on YouTube that shows a teacher or kids being engaged, and that's more impactful to my learning than a two hour session on Thursday
0: night. Yep.
1: So I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. So how is it that we can because we value those two hour sessions on Thursday night? we have set aside time for it we have as I mean a lot of times paid people to
0: to be a part of that experience right how is it that we can value the two-minute watching of a video and app application in the classroom um, in either the same way or maybe even a better way um, than, than what we used to value in
1: I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think the thing I would want to explore is um, how are people doing that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that could be a great question for us to explore, Yeah. right, um, and how we, like if I think about myself, right, as a, a person who engages in um, maybe social media to uh, say, go to that two-minute YouTube article on leadership, right? Right, right, right. Um, Or video or whatever, and do I talk to anyone about it? Do I just mull it over? Like, what do I do, right? Um, sometimes I forward it on. Right. Um, sometimes I, I link it, it's linked to something else that I print out and I share, like with our support team members and go, ooh, this struck me this way with, you know, diving deeper into our equity work. What are your connections yep. to it? But it, it certainly lends itself to more of this feeling of being on the fly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the level of engagement that I think you get because it truly piqued your interest yeah. is deeper, and I think that's more important.
0: Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm always struck by uh, the uh, universal design for learning, and, and a number of other people have used this uh, method, but thinking about the ways in which you access content, engage with it, and express it, right, access. Express. Do you feel like that's kind of what you're doing with, like when you see the video, is, is you're sort of deciding how you want to access, you're engaging with it to some degree and you're expressing it either through sharing or through sort of the way in which it falls into your practice in the future. Do you, do you see that or, or is there a different model that you kind of
1: no, I, you use? I yes I do. I, I, I like how you put the words
0: to that about those simple actions. I think helping people to
1: understand that, that simply um, kind of takes the mystery out of it, too. Right. I, I, What's going on
0: here? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I think we all came through a very scholarly programs, sure. right, to be in education, and we love learning, right, and we love teaching, and, um, and there's, this, there's that art and science lens of it, so it's mysterious, <laughs> right? And things like that make it like, nope, this is just simply what I do. And that, that might help me to, to mm. engage at a level that I'm aware that I'm doing that and um, maybe we start talking that way then and um, engaging differently mm. um, and acknowledging, oh, you acted on that. That's helped us just learn about more about that leadership trait or yep. block play. Or... I
0: like that a lot. Um, so that, I think we explored a number of these questions here. Uh, so the last one, though, are... You know, what, is, what are the questions that you find yourself uh, asking, that, that you keep on asking of others or of yourself?
1: Um, some of the how. Mm-hmm. how. How do we go about this and shift this? How do we build our individual capacity? Mm-hmm. Um, if there are gaps there for trying these new structures... Um, and or you know jumping in and being reflective about it mm-hmm. how are we slowing down enough to mm-hmm. do that
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, a question we explore a lot um,
0: that one I'm particularly interested in how is it that we can allow ourselves enough time to really grapple with some big ideas um, as well as to to sort of see what it looks like in implementation and, right. and, and not always reach for the next big thing. You know, we're, we're actually diving deep enough into this big thing. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, I'm thinking about two things. Mm-hmm. One, I read an article through a you know, blended opportunity mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. phone last night about um, um, do elementary teachers um, need to have more intensive time with content? Mm-hmm. And it was an explore um, in two countries that are leading in education, right? Japan and Finland. Yep. So fascinating little article, and it just made me think about how they don't really. Part of what they talked about was that deliberate practice with one area, getting really good at one thing. And so, how are we exploring that within our own context? Um, taking that to um, like our ECE conference the next um, next week for two days, mm-hmm. we built in. Debrief time the next day Good. and then additional like reflective time about all the connectedness. Yep. Because it's not meant to be in isolation. So what did we and how do we listen to what our folks will have said after two days to thoroughly apply or yep. to go deeper September, October, right? And not have it be just as okay, that's done. Now it's let's plan for September. Right. No, that that should be an all-along and and very deeply done, but
0: we're still exploring that. And there's how I like, I mean, to me, that is the biggest question that I hear you asking throughout all of this is how How do we do this? And I think there's a lot of value in continuing to ask that question um, sort of ongoing. Thank you yeah.
1: very yeah. much for the time you're and you're